Amen. So he longs for you guys and we'll be back shortly. Hallelujah. I do believe he comes back late Tuesday, you know, after service. And then we get to like two ships pass in the night. I, I get on a plane that night. He comes in on a plane and we kind of like, you know, but we'll have some fellowship and we'll have some time. We'll probably share a cup of coffee together and then he'll throw me on the plane and, hallelujah, and get back to business as usual. Where am I at, you guys? John chapter 15, starting in verse 9. Can we all stand for the reading of God's word? Hallelujah. Praise God. It says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this, that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this. To lay down his life for one's friends. If you are my friends. If you do what you are my friends. If you do what I command. I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know what his master's, his master's business Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Father, we thank you for your word. Let it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Let it reveal your will for our lives tonight and every night of our lives, God. May we hear your word tonight, God, and walk in it. For we are not just hearers of the word, Lord. We declare right now, Lord, in your hearing, that we don't just hear the word, we do the word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. I want you to know... That a lot of people can quote the word. And they can quote scripture backward and forward. They have memorized verses from Revelations. All the way back to Genesis and from Genesis all the way up to Revelations. Hallelujah. They can quote who, for, what, when, where. It all over the Bible. But God is not impressed with people that just can quote scripture. The only thing that you can do to impress God concerning scriptures is to do it. What you know of scripture is, is worthless. What you do according to the will of God, what you do according to the scripture is everything. Hallelujah. Wow. For you, you ever run into people, I read the Bible. And I said, and it says, na, 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 na. and they can quote you up and down and backwards, and they, they can out, um, out scripture memorize you any day of the week. But then they say crazy stuff like, I worship God my own way. Eh, that is not in there. <laughs> you know, you know, it was a trip. I was sitting down at, at lunch one day, you know, and you know, the, you know, I wouldn't bother nobody. You know, I'm just sitting there e eating lunch. And, and I was in the restaurant. And the lady walked in. And this guy that knew me walked in and said, hey, this is my friend. 
and stuff. And, you know, and I said, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm just trying to enjoy my lungs. How you doing? I said, oh, you know, and she, you know, and she, she's a new ager, so I want you to talk to her. And, I, you know, I kind of grumbled something in the meal. No, no, I don't want to talk to no new ager. You know, people just rub me the wrong way, you know. And just, you know, and I said, well, God, if you strike up a conversation with me and her, I'll talk to her. But I just don't want to get into it, God. Whatever you tell me. That's what I'm going to say to her, and that's all I want to say to her, God. I just really don't want to get into it and stuff because I don't want to get upset. I just want to glorify you. This lady sat down with a big smile on her face because you know all New Agers are happy people. Okay, you know what she, And she said this, and this is really weird because I wasn't messing with her. I didn't engage her at all. She engaged me. She said, I believe there are many roads to God. And I said, oh, Jesus, don't please. <laughs> <You know? laughs> she says, I believe that, uh, that people can um, just, you know, can, can go off and God will lead them and guide them. And they will eventually, you know, end up with God. So it doesn't matter, you know. And, I, you know, I just got a picture of, of, of people, you know, just chasing whales and, 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 and saving a spotted owl and, you know, and things like that. And I'm going, oh, man. I said, I don't need this new age stuff. I said, God, help me. You know, that's a, the Bible says those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, and she went on for like a good 15 minutes because, you know, they know exactly to say, you know, she just like all had it written down in her mind. And she had her great world philosophy and she put it out there, man, with power, strength and authority. Knowing and believing that it was right above all things. And I just looked at her and said, God, I need your help here. I said, I don't really want to play with this lady and stuff. So give me some wisdom. And so all of a sudden, you know, God spoke to me. And I, I looked up at her and I said, you know, that's all fine and good. She, I said, you know, do you know what I believe? And she said, no, what? I said, anybody that believes everything is a fool. And I went back to eat my, my lunch, you know. And then, you know, there was like 10 seconds of silence. She didn't say nothing. So I looked at her. And I kind of like, are you going to respond to that? And she looked straight back at me and she said this. This was a trip because I've never heard a New Ager say this before. And she looked at me and she said, you're right. And I went, all righty then. Hallelujah. I went back, and I went back to my lunch. I was going, God, that was easy. Hallelujah. You know, I've never heard a New Ager tell me I was right before. And I said, wow, I mean, I would have got offended. I would have got messed up over it. But you know when, when the Spirit of God will penetrate people's arguments. He will go right to the heart, to the crux of the matter, and just stab him right there with a little ping. You know, all you have to do is get out God's way. Hallelujah, and let him use you, man. And I'm saying that day, I, 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 I looked smarter than what I actually was. Hallelujah. And so it, it was a great thing to be used by God like that. She said, you're right. I said, wow, that was easy. And, you know, I went back to my lunch. I don't think I said very much to her. I, I invited her to church, and that was it after that. But... Man, I think the conversation was over after you write. You know, God will use you in a great mighty ways. I want to talk to you tonight about being God's friend. You know, because people know how to be friends and they friendly people. You know, you know people that get along with a lot of different kind of people. You know, and they just real Mr. and Mrs. Congeniality. Hallelujah. And everybody in the neighborhood likes them and likes their car and likes their house and likes their kids and stuff. You know, I just didn't get that gene. <laughs> you know, people look at people and they just like, well, man, you know, I don't know, man. They just, most people are antagonistic about me. You know, I just, but you know, I, I try to talk to people the way God leads me to talk to them. And not the way that I want to talk to them. 
I, I want to get along with people too. It just don't work out that way. It's tough because when you want to believe what you want to believe, instead of what God wants you to believe, then we're not going to get along. You know, you just, it's nice to have, you know, good ideas. It's better and best to have God ideas. It, 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 it's nice the way your mind works and how you think, but if it's not what you think and how you think lines up to the Word of God, then something is wrong with you. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care who you work for. I don't care how many degrees you got on your wall. If how you think does not line up with the Word of God, you need to change the way you think. And that is why people don't like me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I'm not smart with man's wisdom. You know, but, but God's gifted me and given me an ability sometimes to reach people that are normally hard to reach. And stuff. And you know how I reach them? I reach them with the practical Word of God. I, re- I remember when I, when I went to, to school, when God said, hey, I want you to go to college. I said, God, I barely got out of the 12th grade. You know, if I wouldn't have went to the high school I went to and didn't irk the people the way I irked them, I'd still be in high school. I said, <laughs> they pushed me out of there. You know, I just have this ability to rub people the wrong way. You know, I don't know what it is. But, uh, I, but you know, um, I was talking to this lady. Well, I was in this college class. You know, you go to college, I, I, I took some courses in school, you know, because God told me to, because God wanted to reveal to me some things, that he was with me and that I wasn't as dumb as I thought I was. So I took classes. I went, I, that's where I took the three semester credit hours of, of um, accounting, and, and I passed that, you know, straight A's on everything. And I, I took a business class, and I made straight A's. And, and when I took the business class, it was a trip because the business lady gave us a test. And, um, and when she gave the test, she, she corrected the test and gave it back to me. And she said it was 99%. I gave the test back to her and I said, you've made a mistake. <laughs> and she says, what? She says, you said I got 90, and I think it was 98%, 97% because I missed one question. So you got 97%. I said, on my paper, well, I didn't miss a single question. She said, well, you have a question about the question that you missed. I said, I don't even know which one it is. I didn't even look. I just looked at the score and said, the score is wrong. And she goes, okay, well, let me look at the test. She said, you missed this one. And she said, here, look at it. So I looked at it. I said, I didn't miss that question. I gave it back to her. She said, she said, what? She said, what about that question? I said, I said, on that question, none of the answers that you have are correct. I said, but the most one that's most closest to the correct answer is the one I chose. <laughs> now she said, she said, are you sure? I said, yeah. She said, did you actually read the book? I said, I read the book. She said, actually, yeah. I said, actually, I did read it. And that's why I know that it's wrong. You want me to show it to you? And she said, yeah. So I, I opened the book. I went to the page and I showed her the paragraph where the answer was at. She read it. This is what happened. This is no joke. She sat down there and she, she read it. You know, Miss PhD sat down there and read that thing. Looked up, looked around me and said, class, everybody got number eight right. Because the right answer is not written there. And all the answers are wrong. So everybody gets that question right. And I got 100% on that test. You know. 
I don't know everything, but what I know, I know. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, so I'm like that. Okay, and and I don't know everything about the Bible, everything about Scripture, everything about God. And I question people who do. Because that's kind of weird for me. Because how can a person with a limited mind know somebody with, with an unlimited mind, know everything about them? I'm sorry. I don't care how smart you think people are. They ain't smarter than God. And what they have in their house and what kind of watch they got and what kind of clothes they wear speaks nothing of what they know about God. The only thing that will speak to anybody about what they know about God is what they do according to the Word of God. That is the only thing, man, when you get to heaven, it ain't good. we're going to talk about this. All Jesus is going to talk about is how you line up to this book, whether you can quote a scripture or not. Uh, quoting scripture helps. You know, David said, that word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And might is in quotation, okay? <laughs> because we all know that he sinned against God. Okay, but he knew the word of God. And he was, but it's how you live your life. Now, Jesus says some very important things about in here. And Jesus is talking to people in here about being God's friend. So, so let, me, let me bring these down to earthly kind of terms, okay? Explain to you spiritual things just like Jesus did in earthly terms. You know how it is to have somebody that's your friend. Your friends, you call them on the phone. You tell them everything. Young people, Twitter and, and Facebook, and they just go crazy, man. They, they can do it. Young people can ride down the street with a phone with a, with a Blackberry. You ever seen the buttons on the Blackberry? I need glasses to look at that thing. They will drive with one hand, talk and have a conversation with somebody that's in the car with them, and tweet and Twitter and Facebook all at the same time. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, oh my goodness, we're going to die. You know, like, well, I just text. I said, how can you text people not even looking at that thing? And I mean, like, they're going to tell me, explain it to me. Well, you know, it's kind of like you just kind of learn how to do these kind of things. You know, they're talking to me, tweeting about something totally different than what I'm talking about on Android. That is absolutely amazing. And, and then they are special ed in school. I'm going, no, no, that just don't line up. Hallelujah. But you know how it is with a friend. You tell a friend everything. Every, you know, have you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about? Twitter and Facebook? These, these um, social networks that people talk on? I, I mean, it's kind of like I'm driving down the street right now. I just passed Dairy Queen. You know? I just had a thought came into my head. You know, what if the road was blue instead of black? Wow, do you think that would change our perspective? And they're just driving down the street. They tweet everything that comes into their minds and into their hearts. And they send it out over the Internet. You know, my wife does this thing, you know, where she's, she, she's losing weight and things like that. God, I hope she ain't watching this on TV. Okay. Uh, and, and she will get on the thing and she will set her camera up and she will put stuff on, um, on YouTube about how she's losing weight. And she'll sit there and talk to people she don't know, and she'll put it out on something or some media thing, and she'll upload that thing, and all of a sudden, you know, you can, you can, you can get my wife on YouTube. If you, if you, if you YouTube Ava or Vincent, you, Ava Vincent, you, you would get her up on YouTube. I can't believe it. 
Okay, my wife's on YouTube. Okay, and she's sharing with people her the intimate things of her life on these things. And people will tell their friends anything and everything. And so you know what it is they're friends. How do you know who's your closest friend? Who's the person that you spend the most time with? Who's the person that you tweet the most? Who's the person that you talk to and converse with? Who's your, who's your, who's your best friend that you get on the phone, man? Honey, I just had to tell you this. You know, and you just call people, you know. That's your friend. The one that you share your life with. And this is the thing with me that gets me is that, is that people have, you know, friends, and it's, but Jesus is not one of them. See, they tell, they, they tell they, they, what they call friends, you know, everything about themselves, but they don't talk to Jesus about themselves. They listen to what everybody else got to say, but they won't listen to what Jesus got to say. As a matter of fact, <laughs> you know, we sing the song, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. And he calls me a friend. You know, all this stuff, you know, yeah, right. Okay, how, when was the last time you even talked to Jesus? Okay. <laughs> you know, some people, man, as soon as they leave the church, they forget they even went to church. You know, you get home at night and you and you sit in there and somebody calls you and you go, what did you do tonight? Oh, I went to church. Well, what did the what did the pastor talk about? Uh, uh wait a minute. <laughs> Let me just yeah, y'all think I'm joking. I, you know what? People have called me after the message after I preached, asked me what I was preaching about. And I couldn't tell them. That's bad. That is terrible. You mean, I, I mean, I sat down there, made all them notes, did all that stuff, and I couldn't even tell people what I preached about. Wait a minute. I got to go look in my briefcase. Ooh. That's terrible. But, you know, people, people like Pastor Daniel will call you at the weirdest times and ask you the strangest questions. You know. So what is God saying to you? Pastor Vince, you know, you called me all the way from Alaska in the middle of my sermon, you know, and you know I'm in church. He said, I had no idea you would answer the phone. I sat there in my congregation. I said, wait a minute, y'all, it's Pastor Daniel. Well, how you doing, Pastor Daniel? <laughs> he said, you know, he'd be like, you answered the phone. Ain't you preaching right now? I said, yeah, everybody can hear you. I got your own speakerphone. You know, <laughs> You know, it's a trip because, you know, friends, you know, we, we treat each other like that. But he'll always call me and ask me about what is God is saying to me. Because if you're a friend of God, you're always in constant communication with God. You know, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? And we call Jesus Lord, but we're not very obedient people. Now you know again why people don't like me that much, right? Okay. He is kind of crazy. But it's really weird because if, if, if Jesus was your best friend, you would spend a whole lot more time with him than you do. But people who do spend a lot of time with Jesus are very strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He said certain things in this passage about who his friends were. You know, Jesus said... Friends do what I ask them to do. Friends do what I tell them to do. Okay? And if you're doing something that that Jesus told you not to do, 
and you're calling yourself a friend of, of Jesus, then you better rethink your definition of friend. He says, you're not my servants anymore. There's a, there's a higher level of relationship with God than just being a servant. He says, no longer I call you servants. He says, I call you my friends because I tell you everything. I tweet you everything. I Facebook you everything. I am direct communication with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If a thought goes through my mind, I send it to yours. If you are tuned in to me, if you are logged in to me, hallelujah, I will tell you great and mighty things that you have no other way of knowing. I will speak to you in the middle of your lunch when somebody comes and interrupts you with some crazy kind of philosophy and some, some stupid kind of idea that popped in their head that they think is God. He says, I will shoot a lightning bolt of, of knowledge to you that I confound the wise. Did I tell you guys I used to work for NASA? Some of you guys that know I that know me from before. Y'all know I used to work for NASA. And man, when I was in Greenbelt, Maryland at Goddard Space Flight Center, I've run into people, man, and they got this club called Mensa. You, you guys know what that is? That's when you got a certain IQ that's higher than everybody else's IQ. If you're, This is a trip. If your IQ is a certain amount, then you can join this club. And how many people know that that, that IQ level, I think it's something like 130 you know, something like that, where you get an IQ rating of 130. I don't know what the highest one is. I think it's like 300. But if you are 130 and over, you could be a part of Mensa. Okay, if you are below, if you're 129 and below, you can't be a part of Mensa. Okay, they don't make no exceptions. You know, they won't let you in the club until you score an IQ score of over 130. I think that's what the number is. And that is some crazy stuff. I think the average score of IQ is somewhere around 70 or something like that. You know, I ain't going to tell y'all where I scored, so it don't make no difference anyway. I, I ain't going to be a part of Mensa, not now, not ever. You know, <laughs> I have absolutely no chance. Hallelujah. But Mensa can't get you into heaven. I'm not too concerned about them. Hallelujah. But praise God. Now, why I tell y'all that? Because I work with some pretty smart people, and I'd sit around listening to them talk to each other, how they impress each other with their knowledge. And they would say stuff that normal people have no way of understanding. This was before I got saved. Now I'm walking around Goddard Space Flight Center, and I'm working with all these smart people that, that, that send astronauts into space. And they start talking about all these different kind of terms and how, how these things are made up. And I, I came up with a new formula. And then you, by the way, do you know my kids are in Mensa? You know, not only are me and my wife Mensa members, but all of our kids are Mensa members. And they, they was all happy about that. You know, I was like, and you know, I'm walking around, you know, my little clipboard and I'm checking my equipment and stuff like that. And people are talking about all the stuff that they know. But you know what? From time to time, I would catch them talking about their, their, their bout with alcoholism. You know, why their kids won't listen to them. My kid didn't come home last night. Smartest kid in the world. The only 13, but they didn't come home, and, and I don't know what to do. And I was sitting there listening to this. I go, man, man, yeah, I know what my mother would do. You know, oh. You know, I wouldn't even come home. I would, whatever I was at, I'd just keep on going. You know? Because <laughs> you would never leave again. If my mother, boy, oh. You know, you know. 
They're talking about not coming home. I'm talking about being late. What would happen to me if I was late? My goodness, that woman is crazy, Jack. She is just like, you know, you seen the Tasmanian devil? Mama, you crossed my mother one time. That will be the last time and the only time that you will ever cross her. Except for by long distance. Of course, when I left the state, then I could get on the phone and talk like I knew something. You know. But I'm going to tell you, anytime I ever got smart with my mother, it was beyond arm's length. That woman was quick. She, she ain't never old. She ain't never going to be old. That woman, fast as the day she was when I was born. I mean, she is super fast, and she know how to hit me. I mean, know how to. I'll be sitting there talking one minute, the next minute, I'm, my head is like this, and there's this pain on the side of my head. And I'm like, wow. And then i got to figure out what I did wrong, because she ain't going to tell me. But if I do it again, my head is going to be leaning the other way. <laughs> so my mother didn't have to worry about whether or not, I'm telling you, my mother said, don't let that street light catch you. That street light come home, it was like, ah! For that thing got full bright, Jack. I did what OJ did and some. <laughs> Diving onto the front porch. Because ah! my mother appreciated effort. Don't you come strolling down the street and you late? But mm-hmm. well, I was on my way. Ooh, you won't even get finished with that statement. I was boom, but you don't even want to start a statement like that. You just start like, sorry, mama, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know what happened to me. I just, you know how to, you know. You better have some story, Jack, and it better start with an apology. So, look, I didn't know what to do. You know, I don't know what those guys do, but all their head knowledge, they could not even control their own kids or their own life. They was just as messed up as anybody else. And before I was saved, I saw that. And when I got saved, I was an absolute crazy wild man for the, for the Lord. And I went to colleges and people told me things like that test I took. Another thing that happens is, is they, there's a very anti-Christ spirit in our colleges. Very anti-Christ. I mean, you know, I'm talking about accounting and they're talking about foolish people that believe in the Lord. And I'm sitting in the classroom, I'm saying, you know, I had to put my head down, you know, and go, Jesus, please help me. Because I'm about to get Cleveland on these people. They do not want me to stand up and start talking about it. I was in a business class, and they was talking about the abortions. And I said, now, God, I can handle this. I can take care of this. He said, just be quiet. And I said, oh, come on. I can work this thing. He said, be quiet. And, and, I, and, I, and I tried to be a friend of God. I tried to obey him. So at the end of class, everybody's finished. You know, we're in a business class. They're talking about abortion. I was already mad. We was walking out the class. Now, everybody know I'm a Christian because I'm just not that, you know, quiet about it. You know, plus I'm the biggest guy in the classroom. Everybody knew everything about me. Okay, and I'm walking out the classroom, so one of the ladies asked me. She goes, well, what did you think about all that abortion? And, and they think that, wasn't that wonderful? I go, Jesus, somebody help me. And I just was like, I said, you know what? I said, I turned around and looked at her and said, I said, you got kids? She goes, yeah, I got two daughters, and one is seven and one is 11. I said, do you know, or do you care? Did you know that in the state of Hawaii, your 11-year-old girl, your 11-year-old daughter, can go, and, can go sick to the, to the high school nurse? They find out, examine your daughter, find out that she's pregnant. They can take her down. 
and have an abortion and never tell you about it. By law, they cannot tell you. They will ask your daughter, do you want to tell your mom? Here are your options. No, this is what they do. They tell you, here are your options. You could do this, you could do this, you could do this, or you could tell your mom. How many kids are going to tell their mom? 11-year-olds. Uh, you know, if you do this and this, we'll, we'll never tell your mom. School. We'll never tell your mom that this happened to you. I'll go for that option. If people at school would have told me they was going to never tell my mom, that was always my choice. Right there. Please do not tell my mother. You don't know her. She's insane. <laughs> you know. But any little kid would do that after they give them the choices. And so I said, your 11-year-old daughter can choose to have an abortion, go home, and they never tell you about it. You drop her off of school, she come back, she's been operated on. And you have to go throughout your life and you'll never know. She stood up there, me, look, she was like all the color had left her face. And she was like, no way. I go, yes way. It's illegal for them to tell you. In an in a abortion legal state, it's illegal for them to tell you what your 11-year-old daughter, that your 11-year-old, wouldn't you want to know who impregnated? Wouldn't they want to know? The world is sick. I'm glad I know Jesus. There's some crazy stuff out there that's going on. And that lady looked at me, and I believe that that day she changed her mind about abortion. I don't believe she stood on the street corner and said, you know, I hate abortion. But I don't think she never supported abortion again. That was one person. Her 11-year-old daughter, she had a 7-year-old daughter coming up. She was like, I want to know. I know. Any mother that loved their kids would. Being a friend of God means that you make decisions not based on your opinion, but based on your relationship with him. He says, man, if you, if, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Now, if you've got friends that you don't love, I doubt your relationship with your friend is a good one. I don't know who you're calling friend. But everybody I call friend, I, I really love them. Everybody that, you know, that, that I would have personal intimate contact with, I really do love them. So I really don't know them that long, and I don't keep them that close to me. Okay, but people that I call friends are really my friends. Okay, and so when Jesus says that you're my friends, it's out of your relationship, your two-way relationship with him. Because it's one thing to go to God in prayer and tell God everything you, you want. It's another thing to listen to him. Where do you think your prayer would change if you're not... Now, this, I'm talking about a growth in a relationship. You go from, from praying to God and you tell him everything that you want. And everything, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, your, love, your level of relationship takes a friendship role when you listen to your friend. And you start praying what he tells you to pray. There's a whole different deal right there. And I go, oh my goodness, do you know he can call you up and ask you to pray for something any time of day, seven days a week, any time that he wakes you up at 3 o'clock in the morning? How many people have been woken up at 3 o'clock in the morning? I know that's God's number. I don't, I don't know why. Instead of 3 o'clock in the morning, God will wake you up. And he didn't wake you up to annoy you. He woke you up to tell you something. He will give you some of the greatest revelations you ever had in your life at 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, I had somebody told me that the, the, the hour of highest demonic activity is 3 a.m. in the morning. I don't know how they know that. Okay, but I've had many prayer warriors and intercessors tell me that. 
You know, people want They say the greatest time of warfare in the spiritual realm is 3 o'clock in the morning because I always ask them, why does God wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning? You know, couldn't he wait to 7 or 8? <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'm just getting asleep at 3 and he'll wake me up and my eyes will just pop open. And you know, I've learned to say, here I am, Lord, speak. Because I want to be his friend. You know. I want him, I want, when I call on him, that he will show me great and mighty things. And I'm just talking about a practical thing about being a friend of God. That means that, you know, it's just like on the, on the earthly terms, it's, it's, it's beyond that. It's not just, you're just not a friend of somebody and you just do for them. And they never do nothing for you. When you're a friend of somebody, I'll tell you what, when you have friends in your life that they only take out of your life, they will not be your friends for long. I mean, you love them, you care about them, you call them friend, but they won't really be your friend anymore. As a matter of fact, you'll stop taking their calls because you know they're calling you for something. And you're tired about giving out. But when you've got a friend, that, and there's a mutual friend, there's always a give and take and a take and a give. When they call you just out of like, man, I just called you just to bless you. I just called you to say I love you. I just called to say how much I care. <laughs> That's a friend. They won't just call you out of their need. They'll call you to see what you need. That's why. And, and Jesus don't mind you calling the mask and you can ask to you blue in the face. But your relationship takes another level when you call God and you ask him what he wants. When he calls you, you say, God, what can I do for you? Well, as a matter of fact, I got a friend in China that needs an intercessor. I can't move in their life unless somebody pray for them. Would you pray for somebody? You ever had to pray for somebody you didn't even know? Well, that, man, that take you to places, man, and God. You think, well, what did that accomplish? I don't know. But God did something great and mighty through you. He never asked you to do something for no reason. You might have changed the world one of your prayers. Just because you're a friend of God and God can trust you and you have a relationship with him, you can call him, he can call you. Friends, hallelujah, obey, hallelujah, their Lord and their Savior, and they do what he asked them to do. Jesus said this, the, the Bible says this about God. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's a mother to the motherless and a father to the fatherless. God knows how to bless his people. He knows how to take care of his people. He knows how to take care of his friends. And he will take care of you. Wow. When you're a friend of God, you will love what God loves. And you'll hate what God hates. Hallelujah. God hates sin. Loves the sinner. Hates sin. I have a guy that comes to my church. When he first started coming, he wore a dress. He wore a nice fitting dress. And, and, and it was, we call them moo-moos. It goes from your shoulders all the way down to your ankles. It's called, the Hawaiians call it a moo-moo. Came here, it was very snug fitting. Now, all moo-moos ain't like that, but he wanted to show off his shape. And so, you know, when people wear stuff like that, you can see, you know, that they got panties on and a bra, you know. And uh, he's walking around, hair down to the middle of his back. If somebody wouldn't have told me he was a girl... Now, I got a good gaydar. It's, it's okay. I always ask that question anyway. <laughs> you know, but if I just looked at his driver's I saw his driver's license, and I said, Dag. I mean, he was cute. You know, that driver's license, I was like, whoa, they really did a good job on that driver's license, man. I did. 
You know, hey, that's a great picture. I mean, he looked good. Okay, for, for a guy, he looked good as a woman. Now, everybody can't pull that off. Okay, but he could. He was working it. All right. <laughs> Just to know. I, look, I ain't, I ain't always been saved. Okay. <laughs> I'm saved now. Don't worry. Okay, but he come up and, he, you know, you know those guys, you know, they sit in the second row in the middle. Right where you can see them. While you preaching a message on hell, fire, and damnation, bringing it with power. They're sitting there taking notes. <laughs> Lipstick, eyelash liner, and, you know, you don't know whether they're going to kick them or what. You know, throw oil and water. <laughs> and so you're preaching there, and, you know, and it's weird. Never say nothing. Just sitting there. Now, that's okay for one Sunday. But, you know, two months later, the guy is, like, faithful. And he's there Sunday morning and Sunday night, full dress, dressed out, decked for church. Nice. I'm going, like, what is the game here? You know, so I'm ignoring him. He comes up for prayer when we do the prayer line. And I just go like this. I go, what do you want Jesus to do for you? Well, I want to get my life right. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will help this young man get his life right. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Move to the next person. Whatever he asks me to pray for, I say, God, if you ask me to pray for something weird, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but, but as long as he keeps asking me prayers like that, I'm going to pray exactly what he asked me for. I'm not going to add nothing to it or take away nothing from it. And that's what I did. Three months goes on. All of a sudden, he's in a pair of pants. Okay? In this guy pants. That's cool. All right. Still got a blouse on and a bra. And make sure that you can see it, you know. You know. You know. No, he he had it down. It was nice bra, everything. It was it was great. Y'all don't look at me like that. I, I, yeah, I'm just I'm just a man, okay? But I'm telling you real stuff. Okay, I didn't ignore stuff like that. I'm paying attention. There was a guy came and prophesied over him and said something like, you know, young woman, you know, God is going to blah, blah, blah. And he got mad. And um, he sat down next to his sister, hallelujah, and his, and, and, and his sister was like sitting there. She said, something wrong with you? He said, yeah, he called me a lady. She said, she said, she said brother, you sitting here, you got a blouse on. You got full-on makeup and hair down to the middle of your back. And he said, oh, yeah, no. That's how local people talk over. And, oh, in broken English. And he went, oh, yeah, no. Which means like, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I do look like a girl, don't I? Oh, okay. Next time he came to church, the very next week he came to church, he cut his hair. And I'm sitting there going, oh, I mean, cut his hair. I mean, just cut it. I mean, it looks like a regular guy's hair. Then cut it down to the shoulders, cut that thing off, buzzed it and everything. But boom, great. Still got makeup on. All right. Still got the blouse on, but the hair was cut. A month later, wasn't wearing the blouse, was wearing a Aloha shirt. Didn't have a bra on. Well, how do you know he didn't have? Look, I'm a god. You know, I'm not blind, okay? You know, didn't have a bra on, just had a shirt on, you know, and I'm like, okay. 
Next time he came to church, the very next week after he put the shirt on, the makeup came off. And I'm like, I'm sitting there, and I don't know what is going on with the guy. I'm not messing with him. I'm just preaching the gospel. Hallelujah, like a house on fire. Now he's starting to say stuff like amen and hallelujah. I'm going, whoa. I said, God must be doing something over there. Come one night, you know, this guy full on, growing facial hair. I was like, good Lord, is that, is that a mustache I see? You know, and I'm going, wow, sideburns? I'm there, in the, you know, in the little goatee thing right there. And I'm like, whoa, when did that happen? You know, when people make small changes, you don't see them that well. But, you know, when they get there, you go, wow, is there something different about you? Did you lose weight? No. He's <laughs> you know, got, got the hair on. And that stuff is trippy. I'm taking a long time telling this story. But one night I said, you know what, can anybody want to give a testimony? This guy gets up. And I'm going like, you know, I start talking to my friend again. I'm going like, Jesus, you know, I don't want to hear no crazy stuff, okay, because I will cut that mic off in a minute. You know, I don't know what this guy's going to say. You know, and he walks up and he goes, you know, God delivered me from a lifestyle of homosexuality and cross-dressing. I went, he did? Get the heck out of here. He goes, yeah, man. He said, I would have got saved. I said, you mean the last time that you gave your life to the Lord, you really meant it? You know, I found out that he meant it the first time. And, and from the first time he accepted the altar call, when he was on full-on mumu, you know, down to his ankles, with the hair down to the middle of his back, when he received Jesus as his Lord and Savior, he meant it. And it took God some months to change him. Now this dude has signed up for Christ for the Nations. I said, filled out his application and put my recommendation in. Whoa. And you know, this at the end of August, he's off to, to Dallas. and going to be a part of Christ for the Nations. I'm like, good Lord. Whoa. Don't let people tell you what can and cannot be done. People say that once you're gay, you're always going to be gay, and that's not true. When you're a friend of God, all things become possible in your life. There is nothing that you can't do, no place you can't go, no feat you can't accomplish if you're a friend of God. God will do great and mighty things for his friend. As a matter of fact, I read in the book of John, I believe it's John 15, where he talks about Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, your friend is dead. And Jesus went, okay, all right, I'm going to go see Lazarus through his hole. When he found out Lazarus was sick, he waited till he died. And then he went to see him. That was his friend. That's how Jesus treated his friend. My goodness. Showed up on a scene. His, his sister, which is also Jesus' friend, um, Martha, you know, because Mary is always relaxing somewhere. Martha comes running up. To Jesus and said, I know that if you've been here, that, 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 that my, my brother wouldn't have died. And he says, your brother will rise again. And she went, I know in the resurrection, you know, that you know that he'll, he'll, he'll rise again and we'll be with you and, and all that. And he says, no, 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 that's not what I mean. I'm the resurrection and the life. And he tried to give her a clue here. He says, don't you believe in me? He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Your time for your brother's resurrection is not tomorrow. It's now. The kingdom of God is nigh unto thee. And people don't die. Look, 
He went on to say, he said, don't you know that he says that those who believe in me will not die? And if they do, if, even if they die, yet shall they live. He says, I'm not just the God of the living. He says, he says, you got to understand this, that I'm not just the God of the living the way you see it. I am the God of all life. If you know me, if you really know me, you know that even if you die in the world, you pass on into eternal life with me. <laughs> you know, I'm, a, I'm the God of the living. I'm the living God. If you know me, you will never die. You will pass from this life until the next. But I got you. If you breathe your last here, you will breathe your first with me. He says, I got you. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about you going. You ain't lost. You don't need to be found. You with me. He said, man, God, man, when you God's friend, he will reveal to you stuff about himself that don't nobody else know. People will come to you and say, it's impossible. It's impossible. And instead of reacting to what other people say, you will talk to your friend about it and say, what say it thou? Ooh, that's a whole other different relationship when you're a friend of God. You understand that all things are possible. There's nothing impossible. Well, they said that they're leaving me and that they're never coming back. And people walk up to me like that. And they want me to get upset with them. And I, I would if it would do them any good. I get right down there with all you 14. <laughs> Let me get us both some, some tissue. If that would help them. But that is not my, my position in place as a friend of God. What I do is I go to God for them. And I go, God, I know what the ungodly person said. I know what the weak one said, but what do you say? And God just might say to you, speak to that mountain. And say, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And if you do what I tell you to do, it will show no mind, by no means remain there. He said, when my friends ask me stuff, he said, my Father in heaven does it. Hallelujah, on my behalf. It's not like you going to ask. It's like when you ask God, he does it for my sake. Woo. He said, you can ask my father anything in my name and it shall be done unto you. Because you're my friend. Whoa. We're talking about a whole new ball game here, church. We're talking about really being friends of God. We're talking about asking big of, of big God. We're talking about repeating what we hear. We're talking about now we're not just going to God. With our limited ability to even think or conceive what God might have in store for us. Now we're going to God and saying, God, I need this. No, 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 no. You know what? God, I got a better prayer than that. How do you want me to pray? Because I, I just might need, you know, a couple of hundred bucks. But God, how do you want me to pray? God will say, pray $2 million down. Now, how many people know that if God tells you to do that, that you're repeating what God has told you back to God, showing that you are in agreement with Him, hallelujah, that you hear Him, and now you're asking according to His will and not your own. And even if it's a number beyond you, it shall be done unto you because it didn't come out of you, it came from Him. Now watch this, God always, 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 backs his own plans. He might not back your plans, but I guarantee you, 
If he drops a $10 million plan on you, he will give you the $10 million. Because it's not your plan. It's his. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'll tell you the things that are benefits, you know, for you as a friend of God. My goodness. When you start repeating, when you start, you know what confession really means, like in the Bible? It means repeating what you hear. And a lot of times we go to God just to, just to tell him what the problem is. And I'm telling you this, that there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says ask, seek, and knock. You're supposed to do that. I'm just telling you, it's a whole other level of different thing. When you get to the place where you, where at the end of your request, you go, God, is there anything that you need me to pray? Oh, my goodness. And he will drop something on you. I want you to pray for the, for the 15 acres across the street from you, that, that God would bring it into your hands so that you could give it to the church. And you go, Okay, God, I'm going to pray just things just start to change in your, in your whole life, in your realm, because your mind can't even think of what God has for you. But God knows what he has for you. And so you might just be asking, you know, um, you know, Lord, you know, and my children grow up to be, to be godly children. That's a great prayer. That's an awesome prayer. You ask God to watch over your kids and keep you. It's a whole other different prayer when you say, God, what do you see over my kids? I see your son, hallelujah, in a mansion. And you living with him. And you got a chauffeur in your car. And God starts telling you about the stuff that he wants to do to your son or your daughter. You know that one that's acting crazy? The one that's acting stupid, flopping around, you don't know what to do with. And instead of asking God, hallelujah, about what you see with your eyes and what you hear with your ears about them, about asking God what he sees with his eyes and what he hears with his ears about them, what his will is for their lives. And you start praying what God's will is for their lives. God, how many people know that God's will for them is greater than your will for them? Hallelujah. He, he is. He is God. If you were his friend, you would know that his will for you is greater than your will for yourself. You don't even want nothing for yourself. But God wants something for you. Wow. Wow. He says, man, if you being evil know how to give your kids good gifts. You know, Jesus is funny. You know, he said, if you being evil, okay, know how to give your kids good gifts. How much more your heavenly father knows exactly what they need, what exactly what they want to. Oh, my goodness. When God starts getting to you his prayer request for your life, and you start repeating, well, God, I told you that God always finances his plans. God always backs his plans. God always backs what he wills for your lives 100% of the time. If God spoke it to your heart, God is going to get you the power, the ability to do what he's asking you to do. When that thing changes, when you become a friend of God, Nothing is impossible for you. You will get to the place where you're not just praying for what you want. You'll be praying for what he wants. And you watch. Now, we tie all this thing together. You know, God says, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Then all these things shall be added unto you. Elijah walked up to a woman one day. She had, a, she had deep and dire needs. I mean, she was at the edge. 
and she had no vision for her tomorrow. And she had a great need in her life. She recognized the man of God. Hallelujah. And she listened to him when he told her what to do. He said, instead of fixing that last meal for yourself, he says, let me tell you now, the man ain't greedy. God's going to provide for his needs. He could have walked up to a rich person. He walked up to a needy widow and said, give it to me. You'll last. And you will never run out again. And that woman, man, she could have got an argument. She could have kicked up in dust. You know, she could have complained and moaned. Hallelujah. And not did what the man of God told her to do. But she went and did what the man of God told her to do. And she never ran dry. And she never ran out. She didn't do what she wanted. She didn't ask for herself. Hallelujah. She didn't really know what God wanted to do in her life. She figured tomorrow was her last day. Hallelujah. But because she did what God told her to do, through the man of God, her days was expended, and she actually went into prosperity. She actually never ran out again for the rest of her life. She had provision for the rest of her life. She, what God wanted for her went beyond what she could conceive in her mind for herself, given her environment, the situation of being in a famine, no economic growth in the city, no jobs, no way to, to make wins and we... She was in a situation where there seemed to be no way. But she listened to the man of God, did what he told her to do, and bam! Everything in her life was taken care of. I'm here to tell you tonight, you know, I got on a plane. I flew all the way from Hawaii. Okay, to tell you that, you know, the best friend that you could ever have in your life is Jesus. Hallelujah. He's better than the... Any friend that you have now, I don't care how long you've known them, nobody has long, known you longer than Jesus. Because before you was even in your mother's womb, before you knew you, he knew you. <laughs> That's the truth. That's not a big theological treatise or anything like that. That's right in the Bible. It says before you was in your mother's womb, I knew you. God knows you. Even before you ask him, he knows the things that you have need of. Jehovah sees. And Jehovah knows. Hallelujah. I just want to add a dimension to your life that may not be present now. So when you go to the Lord asking, seeking, and knocking, do another thing. Go to the Lord with your ears wide open. And hear what he's got to say about your life. When was the last time... You ask God about you. God, what do you want me to pray for me? I know that that might seem like a little selfish to you, but you know how your kids, how you pray for your kids and how you want for them, how you desire for them. God desires those things for you too. He has things and desires that he wants for you, but he cannot bring them to you if you're not praying for them. I know what you want for yourself, and you don't want that much. You're not selfish people. You know, a lot of people don't want to be rich. They don't want to be millionaires. They don't want to be billionaires. You know, and that may not be what God wants you to be. Because there's plenty of millionaires and billionaires that are unhappy, sad, depressed. Michael Jackson was not a happy person. 
Okay, a lot of these people, man, if you, I, I love, me and my wife love to read those little titles on the, all those little magazines and stuff like that, you know. J-Lo's divorced again, okay, you know. Like, when is she going to get it? Get all the money, get all the looks, but she don't have true love. It's only going to come from one place. She ain't going to get it from no place else. I tell you, you read these stories about these people, lifestyles of the rich and famous. Are they happy lifestyles of the rich and famous? No, they're not. Okay, money can't buy you love. Hallelujah. If one of those people would just ask God what he wanted them to do, their whole lives would be different. Their whole lives would change in an instant. And everything would be great. If they stopped thinking about it because they got money and they got affluence, that they know the will of God for their lives. Just because you've been a Christian, you know, for 17,000 years, read the Bible, you know, 56 times, in the, in the same year, hallelujah, don't mean that you can discern the will of God. It says there's only one way to discern God's will for your life. It's just to ask Him. You know God don't want you to go to the McDonald's in a bad mood, take an AK-47 and start shooting people. You, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what God wants for your life, what He needs to do through your life. I'm saying it's about time for you to start asking Him. God's got great and mighty things in store for you. I'm going to give you one more piece of, of advice, and this comes from my personal life, from my life with, with, with my mom. Okay, God bless the woman of God. Hallelujah that she is. Don't you ever talk back to God. You know... Don't throw him no dirty glance or look. Don't you talk back to him. And say, well, I got to do that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, God help you. Okay? <laughs> you know. <laughs> don't, don't do that to God. You know, he's God. He knows what's best for your life. Ask him what he wants for your life. Let him tell you. And you pray what you hear. Pastor, one more time. Why should I always pray what I hear? Because God always backs his own plans. God always backs his own plans. Why should I ask God what he wants for my grandkids? Because God always backs his own plans. When you get God's plan for your family... God will back it. It might be, and I'll tell you what, it'll always be more. It'll always be greater than what we think. It'll always be beyond us. Because God will never give you a plan that you can do without Him. But He always backs the plans that He does give you. So He might be telling you, you might have a third grade education, He might be telling you, I want you to go back to school. I want you to go to college, as a matter of fact. I want you to take the college entrance exam. And you'll be going. Didn't I just tell you not to talk back to God? <laughs> Didn't I just tell you that? This is your response to God. Be it unto me as you have said. It's your only response to God. But I don't want to. Be it unto me 
as you have said. Whoa. I don't want a million dollars. Shut up. <laughs> I don't want to be rich. Shut up. But I don't, I don't want my grandkids to, to go on a missionary trip to Afghanistan. Shut up. It'll be the best thing for them. I'm going to close with this because I heard this from a preacher. He said his son told him in a vision that God showed him where he was going to die at. That he was going to be a martyr and that he was going to die. And he says, now you tell a father that. A father get all upset. He said, but you got to understand that the will of God is the best thing for him. God showed him that for a reason. This is why. Because the young man went on a missionary trip to Afghanistan. And he, when he was there in Afghanistan, him and his group of missionary fellows was captured by, by, a, by a group of Afghanistan rebels. God pointed a gun right at his head and said, this is your last day on earth in Afghanistan. He, said, he didn't understand what the guy was saying, but he knew that they understand what the guy meant. When he pointed the gun at him and he pulled the trigger back, he was telling the guy that this is your last time on earth, that you're about to breathe your last. And he said his son looked at this guy right in, the, right in the thing, grabbed the barrel by the hand, stuck the gun right up against his head and started laughing. And the Afghan soldier was like, whatever Afghan language sounds like. And it was like, and the guy was like, <laughs> and the guy snatched his gun back and was like, you know, sit something in Afghan and turned around and walked away from him. You know, and was like, you know, know, walked away from him. Do you know why he could do that? Because God showed him where he was going to die. And it wasn't in Afghanistan. The man could not do anything to him because he believed and trusted in God more than he believed and trusted in that man. And because of that, him and all his friends walked out of that place. They was probably saying something like crazy, stupid American. You know, did you see him? You know, something was wrong with that kid and walked away from him. All because he went on what God said. Because God told him something and he believed God and not what he saw with his eyes or heard with his ears. Let me tell you something. When God is your friend, he will put stuff in your life that will get you through circumstances and situations that you have no other way of getting out of. God will prepare you for what is about to happen to you so that when stuff happens to you outside the will of God, you'll go, uh-uh, this plane ain't going down. Uh-uh, I'm not going to die here. Uh-uh, I'm not going to die. No, you know, your kids don't dope it and they're going to die. Uh-uh, I know what God has told me about my kids. They will stand in the house of God and serve them. So, you know, all that stuff you're talking about? No, I don't believe it. I'm a friend of God. And I believe what God told me about my kids. I didn't go to God and ask him about my... I went to God I said, you know, God, what do you want me to pray?
But if God is your friend, that's all you need. Amen? Hallelujah. How many people out here are going to be a friend of God? Hallelujah. Look at them hands go up. You guys are good. Hallelujah. I don't get to chastise you about, you know, not putting your hand up. But that's right. Hallelujah. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. Hallelujah. Won't you stand as we close service tonight? Oh, you know what? I got to take a love offering. You guys don't mind, do you? Hallelujah. I always do that. I, I close service a little too quick. Hallelujah. But you know what? They got to play for these plane tickets. They, they flew me up here. It's not free. Hallelujah. And we're going to help them out. Okay. Hallelujah. I'm going to have the ushers to come. Hallelujah. I hand you guys an envelope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is never asking you to do what you cannot do. Okay. He's not asking you for stuff that you don't have. Let me put it that way. That's a better way to state it. He's not asking you, but he's asking you to put what you have in his hands. And he'll bless you. He'll never be a man's debtor. Hallelujah. So if you want to give in this offering, hallelujah, raise your hands, our anointed ushers. Hallelujah. We'll, we'll, we'll bring you an envelope. Hallelujah. When you're making out a check, make it payable to KC. Hallelujah. Everybody should endeavor to do something. Hallelujah. And I'll, I'll be back here Tuesday night, you know, to close out my series of meetings with you guys. Hallelujah. But tonight, I really want to bless you guys. You know, for those people that need prayer, hallelujah, I want to pray for you. It's going to take a little patience because it's taking me a little time. Because you know why? Because I, I, I try to take the time to listen to God for you. I don't just stick my hand out and pray for you because that's not the way I operate. Everybody operates different. Okay, but this is the way God has anointed me to operate. You'll see when I go to pray for you, sometimes I might step back a little bit. Because I'm not ready to pray for you until he tells me something about you. Okay? I, I just want to hear from God. So I'll be available after service to pray for anybody that needs prayer. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you who are giving in this offering. Father, I thank you, Lord, for all those that are giving, Lord, that you will bless them, Lord. You said you will bless those who bless me, God. Hallelujah. This is not just for me, Lord. It's not for me at all, Lord. It's for the work of the ministry on the island of Kauai, Lord. So bless them as they give. As these things in Jesus' name, ushers go right ahead. Hallelujah. Now, as you give, won't you stand? Hallelujah. I, I, I really want to pray for you guys. I, I, I really want to close this service. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, me and Micah go way back. Now, I was a youth leader when I met Micah. And, I, and I, I'd, I'd go to Maui and I would, I would take my youth group to Maui. And Micah would be always in the house of God. Hallelujah. Serving with his parents. Hallelujah. A, a young man anointed of God with a great attitude. And, and great gifts and callings of God. He's one of the few people that I know can do everything in the church. I mean, he can do absolutely everything in the church and teach other people to do it. Hallelujah. I've known him for a long time. Hallelujah. I know him before he knew his wife. Hallelujah. God bless him. Hallelujah. You know, so we go way back. Okay, so I know him. I know a lot of people in this church. Hallelujah. I just said that just, uh, just so that you know that I, I, I know some of you guys too. And I hear some stories about you guys from Pastor Daniel too. Hallelujah. Like I understand you got a CD, right? 
Where's my copy, man? What's up? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have not because you asked me. Okay, wait. I never want to close the service without giving somebody an opportunity to come to Christ. If you hear today in the sound of my voice and you never received Jesus, man, you can't even go to God and ask Him for stuff if you don't know Jesus. Because Jesus said, My Father in heaven will do whatever you ask for in my name. And if you have not humbled yourself and received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can't ask Him His name. Hallelujah. But it's an easy thing to do, and I'm going to pray for you. There's other people here that used to serve God and walked away, and you say, well, you know what? I've lived my life wrong. I've done wrong things. God's not going to listen to me. If you will rededicate your life to him, he will listen to you. Didn't Jesus say that when I got home, after taking out 99 sheep, I got home and only, only after taking out 100 sheep, I got home and there was only 99, that I went back out and looked for the one that went astray and the one that got lost. God is married to the backslider. And he's not happy until he's got everybody home. Hallelujah. So if you rededicate your life to him, Jesus will throw a party for you and rejoice over you. So if you're here today and you want to give Jesus, hallelujah, your life for the first time, you want to receive him as Lord and Savior, or you want to rededicate your life and come back to him tonight, and you want me to pray for you, simply raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me, Pastor. I want to receive Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to him. Anybody out there? Hallelujah. Let me pray this prayer over you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this people. Okay. That's the word of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, now, Father, I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah for this congregation, Lord. 
in this people, Lord, that have gathered together, Lord. Hallelujah tonight, Lord, to hear you, not me, God. Hallelujah. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would confirm to them, hallelujah, in their hearts, Father, the calling that's upon their lives. And as you called Samuel, Lord, hallelujah, and he responded to you, hallelujah, here I am, Lord, speak. Hallelujah. As he called Mary and told her great and mighty things, she said, be it unto me as you have said. Give us a heart, God. Hallelujah, in this place to receive your will for our lives, God. That we will respond in the affirmative to the things that you tell us to do, the places you tell us to go, the things you tell us to pray for, God. Hallelujah, that we might realize your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Help us, God, to be your friend. Help us, God. Hallelujah. Whoa. To be logged in to you, God. To receive everything that you have for us and repeat what we hear from you out of our relationship with you. Not just as your servants, but as your friends. We ask these things in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming. Hallelujah. I want you to know these altars are open. Hallelujah. All night long if necessary. I thank God, hallelujah, that the sun stays up so long here. Hallelujah. But God bless you. Hallelujah. Hey, you guys, bring, bring weird people on Tuesday night. Say, you got to come here to a strange black guy from Hawaii that started out in Cleveland. You, you ain't never heard no mess like this before. Hallelujah. I mean, the weirder they are, the harder they will fall for Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't trust in your own mind. Don't trust in what they tell you. Just say, come on, I got something to show you. You bring them, they show up, God will take care of them. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you need prayer for any reason, come.